angry ranting might keep you young, but talking to me is going to age you by 20 years. Hi, welcome to Phobia Phobia. <laughs> this time you actually like made it obvious that you hit the record button so you didn't catch me mid-fucking rant. I know, I actually put like a podcast voice on. Ew. Yeah. Anyway, hello everyone, this is Phobia Phobia, and today is Kaz's episode, and I have no idea what it is because she hasn't told me. I mean... That's because I was keeping it a secret and not because I just didn't decide until yesterday. So you only decided this morning? Mm, I decided probably at about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> cool. When I went for a pee in the middle of the night, it, it came to me. It came to yep. me in a pee. Okay, so. And I forgot are... it in another dream. <laughs> well, the reason it came to me at three in the morning when I went for a pee is because it's very all very tangential. But this mm. is this is, dear listener, this is an example of how my brain works. It Set. is fucking weird. Buckle the fuck up. <laughs> Buckle up, bitches. Um, yeah. So I woke up. I went to the loo. I was curious as to what time it was, which is something I don't normally do, actually, because I hate knowing what time it is when I wake up in the middle of the night. It puts me in a bad mood because I automatically calculate how many hours I have until I have to get up for work. But anyway, yep. I was I was feeling feeling wild and thought I'd check the time. And it was like 3.33 a.m. And I was like, all oh, right, OK, slap bang in the middle of the witching hour. Cool. <laughs> um, because then my brain started talking about how you know the witching hour isn't actually midnight till one; it's supposed to be three a.m. Something to do with the inverse of when Christ was on the cross. I thought it was supposed to be a mockery of the Holy Trinity. Probably that as well. You know, all this kind of bullshit, bullshit around numbers, which got me thinking about a lot of things. But can you see where I'm going here? Possibly. Possibly, possibly. And it strikes me that I maybe possibly should have waited to do this for a future episode. Um, specifically one of a particular number. But I didn't. So shut up. And <laughs> today we're talking about Triskaidekaphobia. Fear of the number 13. Fear of the number 13. You see, now this is a really big superstition in the West, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, unsurprisingly, just so we love our etymology on this, this show, um, Triskaidekaphobia comes from fear of 13. Yep, that, 310. That's, that's your etymology there, guys. <laughs> uh, it's Greek and obviously phobia. Um, See, honestly, I actually thought you were going to go down Wikiphobia talking about the witch in R. No, no, um, because uh, that's not how my brain worked, because that would be too sensible. Well, I do know there are a, a set of Welsh twins who probably wouldn't like us discussing the fear of witchcraft. I don't know. I think that particular set of Welsh twins um, are pretty happy to have people fear them. Oh, very much so. So, fear number <laughs> 13. This is an interesting one, because this is a very, very common superstition. Yes. So that's what I found interesting about it, where it's one of those things where it's like, if Triskaidekaphobia isn't a specific 
phobia in itself, you know what I mean? Like, I recognise it comes under the banner that we that a lot of the phobias we talk about have come under, that mm. it is just a... What is the word I'm looking for? It is a specific phobia. Is that what the word is that I'm thinking? Yeah, it's a fear of a specific thing rather than yeah. a sort of general idea of something. Yeah, Yeah, but um, it's not an object and it's not a situation. So it's not something that people can avoid. It's literally... Excuse my squeaky chair as usual, guys. Um, I'm rearranging myself so I can rest my legs on top of a radiator. I think I remember fucking reading a few years ago. I could be wrong about this, but eighty uh, percent yeah. of American high rises don't have a thirteenth floor. Yeah, I was actually that. That was something I was going to mention. Um, it's so deep rooted that a lot of American, um, a lot of American buildings and stuff won't have just like just won't have it. But what I found interesting was Ryanair. Right, yeah. infamous Irish uh, airline um, that I will not say bad things about because you know they're there's... cheap as fuck and you get what you pay for. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, although my favorite story about um, Ryanair is that the owner decided it would be more cost effective for him to create a taxi fleet. <laughs> Did you hear the story? E no. Um so there's obviously specific bus lanes in Dublin, in and around Dublin. And Dublin's a fucking expensive city. Like people think London's dear. Dublin is definitely worse because people oh, fuck, aren't yeah. paid the wages they're paid in London, if that makes sense. Mm. Um cost of living's obviously very high in London, but the wage is slightly higher, but Dublin it's not. Um yeah, so there's obviously dedicated bus lanes that taxis are allowed to go into. And Mike, Michael O'Leary, is that his name? Um, did I make that up? I don't know. Kept, kept getting fined. It's probably not even his real name. He probably changed it <laughs> to sound more Irish. Like he's probably actually from, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the name of anywhere in the world that isn't Ireland, but nope. Let's say Birmingham. He's from Birmingham. Um. Yeah, so they were getting fined, like his chauffeurs were getting these fines. And him being the, you know, the the man who counts the pennies, let's say, <laughs> thought actually realised it was cheaper to establish a taxi company which had one car in its fleet like, and pay the whatever company tax or whatever on that. Uh-huh. So his, like, chauffeured car is... A registered taxi so it can go in bus lanes. Oh, that's amazing. It's actually. actually amazing. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was brilliant. But you know what? fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Ryanair has no row thirteens on their planes. I never noticed this. I have never I've flown Ryanair for a long time, never noticed it ever. Uh, so listeners, Kaz and I, when we were teenagers, used to work as function staff in a hotel. It was a job I got her, and I'm so very goddamn sorry about that. Hey, um, look, look, first up, don't apologize about that, because we had so much fun. That was so much When we that, worked yeah. together, it was amazing. And we used to do things like swap name tags. Yeah, no one ever bloody noticed. No one ever yeah. noticed. Or speak in different languages when people pissed us off. Oh, like, yeah. We, we, 
we were bastards. My customers in Spanish to their faces. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, we did a lot of weddings and table numbers. There mm-hmm. was a number thirteen, but I think I can only remember. I worked there for years, and I can only remember the number thirteen being used twice. Were they on the random weddings that people had on like Halloween? Yep. Yeah. They, they were like specialty weddings. <laughs> they were like, they were freaky people. So essentially, you had to request a number 13 on the table otherwise it would just go 12 to 4 it would go 12 then 14 and yeah. so on like in order to have a number 13 table you had to request that it was the hotel's policy to not have a 13 table at a wedding and we had like little laminated cards for the for the mm. obviously people could put their own or whatever in if they had a fancy one but there were the standard like just right. just laminated numbers and 13 was always in the store I remember 13 was always sitting in the function store and yeah. it always looked, it was just so much cleaner and nicer. Because it had never been used. Because it had never been touched. Like you'd probably, if you looked underneath some of the like silver annoying things that needed polished and shit, um, mm. there'd be like a stack of 13s in different fonts. <laughs> because <laughs> we had them, we had to have them, but nobody used them. Never fucking used them. Do you know what? Actually, our friend's getting married and I need to ask her if she's going to have a table 13. I feel like she's probably naming her tables, which is a thing people do. Speaking of tables and 13s, um, there are so many um, theories as to where Triskaidekaphobia comes from. Okay? I was going to to ask. Um, I I have loads right here. I I, I can find about five different ideas. And I think that's the point. Nobody really knows what it is. So it's a theory. Um, like we, we don't actually we don't know. know. Huh. Um, so one of the theories is that it's from the Last Supper. Twelve apostles. Twelve Jesus. apostles plus one makes thirteen, yeah. and um, Judas, Judas Iscariot, was yeah. the thirteenth person to join the table. Which I'm pretty sure is in the Bible that he was the last person. I'm pretty sure he came in late because he was too busy ratting Jesus out. I was going to say he was um, too busy being a traitor in order to... You know, in the in the infamous Northern Irish phrase, touts get shot. But, um... That, that is the, for American audience, that is the Irishism for snitches get stitches. Yes, absolutely. And when I hear people over here say snitches get stitches, it makes me laugh. <laughs> because it's like, mate... That's not how we talk here. Tights get shot. Tights get shot. Tights get shot. To tight is Irish slang for to tattle. Yeah. And shat um, is shot. That was what you did. If you went to a teacher uh, in like secondary school or whatever, like, ah, you eat tight. Ah, you touted. You touted. Yeah, you touted. You, you fucking touted. Tight. So that's um, not the sniff. Yeah. So yes. Anyway, um, bringing on tables and the number 13, people think that that's where the fear of 13 has come from, that Judas was the 13th person at the table, which is also where the um, the idea that if 13 people sit at a table, one of them's going to die within the year. Oh. Um, there is also a, an, an extra version of that, which would be when 13 people sit at a table, the first person to stand up is going to die. Ah, okay. And I know that you hate her, and I'm not starting a rant about her, but it is mentioned in one of that Boy Wizard book series, 
Um, oh but it's only mentioned because someone tries to avoid it. Okay. It's, um, I think it's the, my brain is trying to tell me which book it is. It's The Prisoner of Azkaban. They're all having Christmas dinner and Professor Trelawney, who is the divination teacher. She's a mad hippie. Everyone thinks she's full of shit, but every oh, once in a while... I, her, I, I, I'm explaining to some mind. listeners. Yes, um, I, I have read them. Yeah, I don't I know. judge without giving something a chance. Yeah, I know. Um, but everyone thinks she's batshit and that her predictions are crap. But every once in a while, some of the things she says are true. and I think that's called guessing. I mean, yes. But um, there's a point they're all... Anyway, the point is there's Christmas dinner happening. She comes and... Someone says, oh, do you want to join us? And she goes, oh, no, 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 because there's 12 people at the table. And if I sit down, there'll be 13. If 13 dine, the first to rise is the first to die. Fine. It's it's totally skimmed over. It's never fucking mentioned again. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations where people attribute a lot more intelligence and wisdom to that particular author than I think she deserves. Because I don't oh, know look, that this was intentional. But... Actually, it turns out that there were already 13 people at the table. Because the rat is a dude. Of course. And the first person to get up from that table was Albus Dumbledore. Who dies. Spoiler. Uh, fair enough. So, there you go. That that's uh, that was actually, as a child, I, I remember reading that and going, Oh, Jesus, I'm never sitting at a table with 13 people. And as if, like, as if I'd have that many friends. Like what a laugh! A table of three would be, you know, people talk about these um, COVID restrictions, and they're like, "Oh, you can't have more than this many people." I'm like, "Bitch, I don't have that many friends." This is one thing that I think like Facebook really like made a lot of things worse. I can't remember who it was. It was a YouTuber. I like. He said he never had Facebook because the whole point is that you go through your life, you meet so many people, and then some of those people you meet you'll have a lot in common with and enjoy their time and then the others you'll just sort of they'll be passing and like you'll eventually forget about them as they will likely forget about you and then over Mm -hmm. time you amass a small group of friends who are your friends like maybe 10 to 20 people or fewer and but then facebook is like oh yeah no he's my mate from high school even though we haven't talked in 17 years but we're friends on facebook and he likes my posts sometimes which means we're still friends and it's just made the idea of friendship way more it's cheapened it it's still yeah cheapened the concept which i which barely ever on facebook you know there's i would consider a lot of my facebook friends to be acquaintances and Mm -hmm. my friends are my friends and but then of course i i do friends who only really interact with on facebook and that's fine because that's how i interact with them but i'm not going to turn around and be like oh they're my best friend on the planet because that's not that's not true anyway that, this actually that um, doesn't lead me to things, but it, it circles back into what we were talking about weddings and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my boyfriend about you know if we were to get married in the future, and talking about how much weddings are. So obviously it's it's on the cards. Our friend is getting married. Um, I was talking to her about planning stuff the other week, so it was it was in my boyfriend's head. He was there and we were having the conversation. And I said, you know, yeah, weddings can be dear, they can be cheap, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Depends what you do. It's not like you're going to have loads of people at it. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, why would you not have loads of people? And I was like, bitch, we have about three friends each. 
Like, are you serious? I'm not having a wedding of 200 people. I don't know 200 people. Yeah. I don't want to know 200 people. <laughs> Frankly. Apparently, it just sounds like a huge fucking strain. Well, oh, oh, knowing 200 people? Yeah. Yeah, like, would you ever? No, keep, keep your... Keep your circle small. Anyway, um, speaking of keeping a circle small, I swear these are accidental. Um, <laughs> okay. So some people also believe that um, the fear of 13 is pre-Christian. Okay. So we'll go, we're going further back in time. Um, in Viking mythology, Loki is believed to be the 13th god. Okay, the trickster. Uh-huh. So he would have been he was invited to uh, he intruded on the banquet of Valhalla where he wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. There were 12 people at the banquet. He was the 13th. And then the god Baldur was killed by his brother using a spear that Loki gave him. So basically Loki fucked shit up as usual. Yep. <laughs> but we're going to go even further further back to the oldest known reference of the fear of the number 13 is found in the Mesopotamian code of Hammurabi fucking hell which is the Babylonian code of law that dates to about 1760 BC yeah that's a while ago (laughs) so their laws are all numbered except there's no 13 there's also no 66 to 99 but don't know what the fuck that's about but there's no 13 so it goes 12 14 so People think, well, hold on, maybe even then people had a fear of the number 13. People had this idea in their head that the number 13 was in some way... In some way, dodgy. I did like that you pointed out that uh, you you wish you'd like waited till the 13th episode, but at the time of recording this, Friday the 13th was five days ago. Well, that's why my brain reminded me of it at three yeah. in the morning. <laughs> in between going, um, la 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 la. Witching hour, la la la, I need to go back to bed. Fuck, I'm cold, la la la. Bent oh, neck, lady. <laughs> Friday the 13th. On, uh, at about one o'clock in the morning on uh, Friday the 13th, I was watching the 2009 version of Friday the 13th. I watched it at about 7pm on it's that so night. It's so fucking bad. It is. It's, it is horrendously bad. terrible. I, I went to Twitter the next day being like, can I get confirmation from some horror fans out there that this film was made as a joke? It was stupendous. I mean, I think I think there were, what, seven female characters? And I think five of them got their tits out. And seven. There the was... majority of the female, of the female characters was... not got their tits out at some point. Mean, mean girl... Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, you're right because I was I was not counting the three the two girls at the beginning of the film. Oh, and the, the, she got her tits out like what seven minutes into the film, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I she also it. like threw her bra at her boyfriend in front of their friend. Yeah, that was and uh, who and their friend who was the first to die, and they cut away from it. Yeah. They cut away from the first kill. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> they cut away from the first kill, but they showed the first tits. Sounds a lot about that movie, really, doesn't it? Oh my, I remember what I don't I understand watching, is I that watching, movie was... Sorry. 
No, sorry. It's just I was watching it with someone, and after like she got her boobs out, I was like, "Wow!" The even like the writers or director were so sure that no one would be paying attention that, like, less than ten minutes in that they needed like right. She needs to get topless so we keep people's attention because we've made a shitty film and we all know it. <laughs> the thing is, what I what I um don't get about this movie, and this is it came out in two thousand and nine, right? Yeah. Why why didn't we watch it? When we were I, in high school. I was never a big Jason fan. Oh, I suppose that's why. Um, I've watched... I, I never find Jason or Michael Myers particularly scary. No, Probably I don't find Freddy scary. Krueger, who's infinitely more threatening, far more interesting, in my opinion. And, like, it's just the idea of, like, oh, yeah, you've got... Like, I mean, Jason's backstory is, like, cool enough, I guess. But yeah. on the first film, the twist at the end of the first film... Yeah, beautiful. yeah. But it, it was just... I don't know, just the idea of, like... I know, like, this is an old and tired trope now, but back in the 80s it wasn't so much, but it was even, like, growing up in the 90s and, like, getting in really into horror in the early 2000s. It was, like, after, like, Freddy Krueger and Scream and, like, all of these really yeah. intricate... Well, Wes Craven. After watching Wes Craven. After Wes Craven. Um, um, I just remember thinking of, like, you know, oh, yeah, there's just, like, a bunch of teenagers uh, in a fixed location and this one per- seemingly immortal person just wanders around and kills them. I don't know. I find it really boring. Which is totally fair enough. In fairness, I I have now seen all of the Friday the 13th films, I think. Including uh, Freddy vs. Jason? Because that is a hell of a... It's not a horror I have all, seen. I have film. seen Freddy vs. Jason because my other half is a really big Jason fan. Ah. I don't really know why. Um, so in the last few years, every Friday the 13th, we watch one of the Friday the 13th movies. So we've got around quite a lot of them but we keep saying friday the 13th friday the 13th is an entirely different fear that is yes but i imagine it would tie in um it does of course like i'm not an idiot it ties in friday well it's called fear of friday the 13th i cannot pronounce it right i can't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that I can say this word. Paraskevitacatriophobia. That's the fucker. Yep. Thank you. I was going to give you a chance. But then you um, there's different theories. Um, some people think that it's Friday because Jesus was killed on a Friday. Some people think it's Friday because I don't, you know, it. I, nobody seems, much like Triskaidekaphobia, nobody seems to have a clue why this is this is what it is um and it but it goes back it goes back so far i just said like mesopotamia <laughs> but even even the the friday part of it 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 goes back and it, it's so strange i read an article um oh there's another theory friday the 13th so to think Christ was crucified on Friday the 13th. They believe that Eve tempted Adam with the forbidden fruit on Friday. And they believe that Abel was killed by Cain on Friday. Huh. So, there are a lot of conflicting reasons. Yeah. Um, There are estimates out there that say that in America, $900 million is lost in business because of Friday the 13th. 
<laughs> what? Because people won't fly, people won't buy cars, people won't sign um, like a mortgage agreement, people won't do things. There are there are people in the world who won't get out of bed on Friday the thirteenth. Okay, you know what? I um can I say this on Friday the thirteenth, the one five days ago, I was on a train. Mm -hmm. This is a train from North Berwick to Edinburgh. That's a 30-minute train. It's mm -hmm. nothing. Five minutes out of the station, the train stopped. Then about 15 minutes after that, all the lights in the train went off. All of them. <laughs> uh, they stayed off for about five minutes. And then they came back on. And like, I'd been stuck for about 25 to 30 minutes on a train by myself, wearing a mask. And then the conductor was like, uh, so the train is broken down. Um... <laughs> We're going to have to stop at the next station and then you're going to have to get the connecting train. And I was there uh, and I had work to do. Like, I had shit to do when I got home. I didn't get home until about two hours after I was supposed to. And uh, and then I sat down and I had this whole like thing of like, it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, not a horrific thing, not anything particularly terrible, just a straight up, like, that is some of the worst, like, luck I've had recently. And then I sort of just clocked, it's like, it's Friday the 13th today. It's confirmation <laughs> bias, man, there's no way. <laughs> that was, um, I, remember, I remember that realization being like, I normally don't really, I'm not a superstitious person, but I remember just thinking like, huh, of all the days for me to have some pretty shitty luck. <laughs> I am... Um... As a child, I have a really vivid memory of Friday the 13th, and I remember it kind of being the first time I learned of the concept of confirmation, confirmation bias, but not that that's what it was called, because fuck, I didn't know that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I had bought a mug, and it was the you know, super 90s mug with my name on it, and we were... I have the, the strongest memory. I was standing in Gordon's chemist at home and talking to my brother and my brother said something about it being Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And like two minutes later, I dropped the mug and it smashes everywhere. Ooh. And I'm a child. So I'm like, oh my God, I've smashed this mug because Patty told me it was Friday the 13th and it's cursed. This is the thing, it's like, as you said, it's confirmation bias. Like, if that train breaking down happened to have happened on Thursday the 12th, I would never have thought anything of it. Nope. It would have been like, well, that was kind of shitty, but whatever. And it wasn't until I realized the date when I got home, I was like, ah, <laughs> Friday the 13th. Yeah. And so after I dropped this mug, I said this, I'm pretty sure I told on him, you know, being the little bitch I was. <laughs> and the response was, the mug didn't break because it's Friday the 13th. Did you consider that you were maybe holding it too tightly? Because you know it's Friday the 13th and it slipped. I mean, your brother has a weirdly logical mind for a McCann, I will say. He is the most logical person I know. Hmm. He, ha he See, holds, he holds no He holds no truck with bullshit. <laughs> he does not suffer the shit of bulls. He does not suffer the shit of bulls. Um, uh, I want that on his gravestone. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to think about my big brother's gravestone, but carry on. Patrick Rican did not suffer the shit of fools. Uh, the shit of <laughs> well, my sister really, really wants her, her obituary to say um, found herself in a grave situation. 
<laughs> That's amazing. And um, speaking of the subject of triskaidekaphobia, do you know who suffers from triskaidekaphobia? A very, very famous person. I can't say I do. Uh, this person is also one of the best people at writing um, how woman breast boobily downstairs. Okay, that could be any male writer. I'm thinking Adam Neville, because no. he used to write erotica. No, but you're on the right genre. I'm thinking Stephen King. Stephen King. Are we going to call out Stephen King again? <laughs> I love calling out Stephen King. Mr. King, fuck you. Um, Please stop fucking slandering Stephen King. I watched In the Tall Grass yesterday. Was it shit? Kind of, but I... Yeah, I've been, I've been told it's shit. Um, I think there's one actor in it who I'm pretty sure either like is was blackmailing the casting director or fucking the casting director or something because like why not both? Oh yeah, maybe both. But it was there, there was like one actor in it. I'm pretty sure like if you watch it yourself, you'll know who I'm talking about. It's just like really about like Patrick fucking Wilson is in this and he's a great actor. Why is this dude here? <laughs> I'll have to watch it then. It's um, still it's still good, but um. I will say this, and everyone's going to sign like this is bullshit. I've never really been scared by anything Stephen King. Like, I find his work unnerving and like, very, very, like, I would believe, um, I would believe that of no one else on the planet except you. This is the thing, I am still a big fan. Yeah, I, I do I, still consider his work to be horror, but... I really like, enjoy I, I, Stephen King's books. Movies of Stephen King's things, um... There's a theory of um, um, one of my favourite podcasts, uh, Real Life Ghost Stories. Mm -hmm. Emma and Dan have a theory that Stephen King, uh, good writer, not so good at the movie making. Is he ever actively involved? Yes. I know he hated He's, The Shining. Yes, he hated The Shining because Kubrick changed it from... Kubrick. What did I say? Kubrick. I said Kubrick. Oh, sorry, I misheard. Um, because he he deviated from what King wanted. Now, that's what movie. That's what movie adaptations. That do. yeah, that's called an adaptation. Um, the book of The Shining, excellent. Kubrick's The Shining, excellent. That is. But they're very different things. Yes, but it is adaptation in of itself. And now I've seen the miniseries that that was Stephen King's The Shining. Mm -hmm. It's not so good. You look at a lot of look at a lot of the movies that he puts his name to. They're very very true to the books. Was it Matt Haig? Uh, no, was it Matt Haig who did? Not Matt Haig. Fuck. Um, See, I'm Mike a Flanagan. Was it? Yeah, wrong guy. Was it Mike Flanagan did Doctor Sleep recently? Oh, I'm not sure. Like, but Mike Flanagan. I, I'm, I'm talking Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Manor, no, Hush. I, I say that I really enjoyed. Um, I really did enjoy Doctor Sleep. Um, I'm pretty sure he did an adaptation of it fairly recently. I mean, like, maybe this year, if not last. Oh, yeah, no, Doctor Sleep came out, like, last year. Yeah. Um, no, it was good. Doctor Sleep was good. Um, but there's there's a gap, you know? I'll read anything. I'll read anything, Stephen King. Even mm. if he does finish, he like like to have things ending as big bugs. But <laughs> movies... Or, or a giant manta ray in the case of The Shining. Yeah movies 
that he has had a hand in. I'm not so much gonna rush. Fair enough. To um, see them. As I said, it's just one of those things that I, I sort of realized recently is that, like, as, as chilling as I can find some of his works and as like very, very emotionally hitting at times, like mm. Misery. Oh my God, Misery mm. is fantastic. Both book and film are fucking masterpieces. But mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever actually, been, and this isn't me bragging or anything, or it's absolutely not, but I don't think I've ever actually been scared. Hashtag it. humble brag. <laughs> it's, it's quite strange. But that's totally, it's just, I think it's just the way your brain works. Yeah. You know, everybody has, has different ways that their brain works. And I, I am certainly one. And do you know what? That's probably where my issue with Stephen King's m movie ventures really um, lie. And we discussed this in another episode that nothing is scarier. Yeah. Um, nothing is scarier than what your brain says. And I think that's what it is. His books, there's parts of those books that absolutely petrify me. You know, I went through a phase a few years ago where I read, it wasn't long after Dr. Sleep came out the book. Um, so I read, reread The Shining and read Dr. Sleep over the course of a few days. And I was just convinced that I was going to find, you know, dead women in my bathtub. <laughs> like, no question in my mind. With the same kind of certainty that I was certain at three o'clock this morning that, you know, not Bent Neck Lady, but the other one, the ginger one. <laughs> the one who talks about... Um, Nightmares being screaming memes. Scream, screaming memes, yeah. She, oh, she, uh, the, the flapper lady, the uh, insane, insane, insane flapper lady from Hill House scares me yeah. more than bent neck lady. Bent neck lady makes me want to cry. I need to find the name of her actor because I remember like getting actual fucking shivers when she was talking about screaming memes. Like I remember like she shivering in my seat. Terrifies me. Like, but was, then when you yeah. saw her like out of you know in the background and she was actually old and decaying mm -hmm. also horrible anyway <laughs> as usual we started with the topic and then we fucked off well uh i've actually while we've been talking been looking into this and supposedly in roman culture mm -hmm. witches were said to meet in have covens or meetings of 13 people that consisted of 12 witches and the 13th member was literally the devil oh in British culture, I'm, I'm just straight up reading this. In yeah. British culture, Friday and 13 are associated with capital punishment. Friday was when people were hanged. And there are exactly 13 steps to the gallows. That is... Like, Friday was hanging day. and Hanging yeah, day! There, there are apparently 13 steps to the gallows. That's, like, horrific. One thing I was going to say, it's, just, it's it's not related to 13, but it is somewhat similar. Uh, but this is more, like, the origin of this is much easier. And um, Did you know that uh, Japanese hospitals don't have a fourth floor? Well, actually, that was literally what I was about to say. I was about sorry, to say... <laughs> stepping on your point. Wait, no, it's not, it's not even that you're stepping on my point. It's that our brains are just really similar, clearly. Yeah, I think, um, was, I think it was our mutual friend who... A mutual friend of ours who told me this. Our mutual friend who loves Japan. Yes. Uh-huh. Probably. Um, right. So, it's not four in Japan. It's nine. Um, Wait, what? But she is four, and it also is death. In Chinese. No, no, each Nissan, she. 
Okay, but what I'm reading, and I'm reading this from National Geographic. Alright. Ah, ah, this explains it. Because nine in Japanese is ju. Ju. No, it's a cue or ju. I think it might be ju. Okay. Because, right, I'll, I'll just read you. I have a list from National Geographic of numbers that are feared around the world for various reasons. Okay. Okay. So, number four. In China, the pronunciation of the word for the number four is similar to that of the Chinese word of death. Many buildings in China skip a fourth floor. Hmm. And you say that you think nine is ju in Japanese. Which I believe also means pain. Suffering. Ah, there we go. Uh, my brain was saying jion. Like the grudge, jion. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Exactly the same logic, whereas, you know, four and death are similar in Chinese. Nine and torture or suffering are the I've, same in Japanese. I've looked, they sound like. and, I've looked into this and we're both right. Japanese hospitals admit both the fourth and ninth floor. Well, Japanese hospitals are just very, very fucking efficient, aren't they? But to know that four is she, each ni san she, and then she also means death as in like... Oh, yeah. She, Shinigami is a death god. She, Nigami. Well, look... That's just Japanese folks being super efficient. Well, I mean, I think if we had a number, like if we went one, two, three, death, I, I would like to think that, like, if we went one, two, three, death. Four, I mean, five, you six, say seven, that, eight, but do you know, do you know what the Welsh word for number five is? I do not. Pimp. 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 Interesting. Pimp. That's all I have to say on that subject. So. Uh, continuing on my list, I've only got three more in the list. Calm down. <laughs> um, some Italian people are superstitious about Friday the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Because rearranging the Roman numeral XVII creates the word Vixi, which translated from Latin means "my life is over." Okay. Tangential. Anyway, um, number 39 gets a bad rap in Afghanistan. Um, many Afghans, this is according to NPR, many Afghans say that the number 39 translates into Mordagao, which literally means dead cow. <laughs> but it's also right. a well-known slang term for a procurer of prostitutes, a pimp. Not five. What, what the hell? <laughs> so... When Afghans see a car with number 39 and the license plate, they head the other way. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we've got that other number that people are scared of. 69? Yeah, you're not living your lives. Look, Ben Shapiro can just... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say 69 as well. I don't know why I didn't... didn't... <laughs> oh no, I nearly said I don't know why I didn't protect myself from it. <laughs> no! Uh, we kept it no, so clean! It's no fun setting yourself up if you also knock yourself down. But I just set them up, just set them up, just set them up to knock them down. I know it's a song. <laughs> it's me. I'm not so out of touch with the 303s and the Katy Perry's. The cat, the Katy. Yeah, but Katy Perry actually has a cat called Kitty Perry. Okay, I don't know why I love that. 
if your name was Katy Perry, you would have a cat called Kitty Perry. That's egocentric as fuck. I'm gonna name my cat after a cat. Yeah, but a... hold on. Her and Orlando Bloom just had a baby, and she's called Daisy Bloom. Oh my god. That's amazing. Like, they're just... Those two are fucking brilliant at naming things. Yeah, fair enough. You know? And there's my boyfriend. Won't let me name my firstborn son, Patrick. Tried telling him it was a family name. Didn't work. <laughs> Just because I want to name my son after one of the best Star Trek actors out there. Just one of the best actors out there, let's just, be honest. Yeah, Patrick you know, Beard. like, <laughs> you know, just whatever. And he wants to name him after Balor of the Evil Eye, a demon, an ancient Irish demon that will bring about the apocalypse. Hey, anyway, speaking of things bringing about the apocalypse, again, that was accidental, but we'll continue on. Okay. The number in question that I was talking about, what number am I actually talking about? It's not 69 for the Cardi B fans out there. Bacardi? What? Shush. I'm not, I, I'm not explaining the connotations of Cardi B and Megan Stallion's WAP to you. I mean, are we talking about 666? Yes, of course we are. <laughs> just, just. What a question. Put that out there. Um, now, I thought that the fear of Friday the 13th was a hard word to say. Okay. Have you, you fear of the number 666? Have you ever seen the word for fear of the number 666? Uh, yes, I have. And then I'm going to try to pronounce it. Actually, I will. Hexacotio hexaconta hexaphobia. That, that, okay, we'll go with that. Hexacosio hexaconta hexaphobia. There you go. Right, so Hexacosio hexaconta hexaphobia is a fear of the number 666. Mm -hmm. um, you know where it comes from. It's the number of the beast, apparently. Mm -hmm. Where exactly um, did that come from? I, it's I, Revelation. It's Reve it is Revelation. Revelations, yeah. It's, um, I always thought it was one of those Hollywood things that everyone just believes. No, it's like a something six... 603 score and six is the okay. number of the beast um that's that's literally why people are scared of it. it it isn't a hollywood thing it's score is 20 years right yeah so yeah. 603 score and six is 666 uh, the only reason I know score means 20 is because that Simpsons thing where Mr. Burns is like, I first came here a, a three score in twain, which is 62 years in your new English. Do you know the only reason I know it is, what do you call that movie? It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. There are so many. Now, score. Um, You can say score in Irish to mean 20, but not the point. Mm -hmm. And um, this is not where my brain knows it from. My brain knows it from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> when he's reading, he's got the children reading, what is it called? Not President Lincoln's Address? Yes, Lincoln's Address. Four score and whatever Four years score ago, and right? seven years ago. That's literally where my brain knows that from. What's it called? Is it the Emancipation Proclamation or is it the... Isn't it just called the Lincoln Address or something? The Lincoln Address. I don't... Look. Any Americans, tell us. Gettysburg, Gettysburg Address. Gettysburg Address. I had to Google that. I'm not even going to hide the fact that I just Googled it. If, I'm not an American citizen. I don't know this. I'm not an American citizen. 
I mean, okay, neither am I. Definitely Irish. Sorry. I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of American TV shows where like they have to like memorize the Gettysburg Address or something. No, they have to memorize the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. Yeah, if you want to pledge your allegiance to a piece of meaningless cloth, then that's your fucking business, America. What the hell are you doing? I mean, that's totally fair enough. As as you say that, I am looking at a printed copy of the Poblacht and Heron, which is the <laughs> Irish proclamation. Um, anyway, it just, it's framed on my, it's not mine. <laughs> Anyway, Amazon recently announced a United Ireland, so you know, there's that. Yeah, well, they're four years ahead of Star Trek. <laughs> that was data? Yeah, data. The Irish, Irish Unification of 2024. Okay. It's a fucking hell of a year. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not even going to lie, guys. It's 2020 right now, and I, I don't think I could deal with that in 2024. <laughs> like, my political opinions aside, they're not relevant to this. Just give me some fucking peace, guys. <laughs> I, you know, 2024, I want to relax. I want to sit in my house, which I'll hopefully be existing by then. You know, I don't want to do shit. <laughs> I don't want to help political people. I don't want to do shit. I want to sit and drink tea. Do you know what I like? Actually, I really, I recently realized that I told a fucking lie. One Only Stephen, one? Shut up. One Stephen King thing has scared me, and it is related to this. Can you what? figure out what it is? 1408. What does 1408 have to do with 13? 1, 4, plus 0, plus 8 equals 13. What? Yeah, he even makes a point of this in, I don't know, I can't remember the story, but in the film he makes a point of this where like he's invited to like stay at 1408 and it's like, or no, he's not invited to stay, he's told about 1408 and it's like it's the most haunted place in New York or wherever. Yeah. And then, like, while the he's Dolphin on the phone, Hotel, he, he, gets, he gets a pen and paper, writes 1 plus 4 plus 0 plus 8 equals 13, and then he writes the word cute underneath it. <laughs> oh, John Cusack. Oh, no, that film. I know that what that, that film scared the shit out of me, going back to the hell thing we were talking about last week, where it's like, Brilliant. spoilers, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. I was actually at the like uh, one of the test screenings. My mom, got tickets. Test screen? My mom got tickets. I don't know how. I was one of the test audiences for that. And they went with the the shitty ending for the theatrical release. The the ending that I saw as a test member of the audience was so much fucking better. But I thought um, they released different endings in different places. All I know is I got it on DVD after it came out, and I was recommending it to a bunch of friends to watch. And then I was like, "I this is not the ending I remember." And then it ended, and I was like, "That was shit." I'm fairly <laughs> certain that's one of those movies they released different endings for in different places. Yeah. Okay, because the ending I saw in Belfast, like when I went to the test screening in Belfast, was amazing and fucking terrifying. Um, so there you go. I have been scared by a Stephen King thing. Fourteen oh eight scared the shit out of me. But were you scared by Stephen King's original short story, fourteen oh eight, or were you scared by the interpretation which lengthened it and turned it into a movie? Okay, the movie scared me. Yeah. I don't remember the Same. story scaring me. You're backwards. Oh, You're a backwards the man. Corn. The Children of the Corn story was pretty chilling. I think that's the closest I've come Look, to being scared reading Stephen Children, children in general scared. are pretty chilling. Well, it was more like at the very, very start, like, you know, the like boy, like, like he came out of the cornfield and they hit him with a car, like, oh my god, we have to find him. And then, like, the husband goes to check 
on the kid while the wife stays in the car. And then I remember, like, in the story, I've never seen any of the adaptations, but in the in the uh, short story, it was like he like went to like a buddy, and she was like, "Honey, is everything okay? Is he okay?" And she, he was like, "He went uh, get my gun," and she went, "What?" Is like this boy's throat was slit. Because he just like came out of the cornfield, and they thought that he was like running out, and like, yeah, party. And he's just like, "Is he okay?" He's like, "Get my gun." This boy's throat has been slit, so it's like he was killed and then pushed from the cornfield that they are currently standing next to. <laughs> like that, I remember chilling the hell out of me. Nope, can't deal with that. But yeah, fourteen oh eight. I'm gonna one nope out of this whole thing because of that. One plus four plus zero plus eight equals thirteen. Nope. That made me think of that. That so that that scared me. Nope. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's weirdly under talked about. It's what John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. I want to say. Yes. Yeah. It's a good. Uh, it's, it's a. It's a, it's a good film, and it scares the fuck out of me. It is. I love it. Would you I like to it. check I, out? I, I, I think fourteen oh eight is probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation next to Misery. And I mean, yeah, actually, that's yeah. And I mean, if The Shining didn't put you off staying in hotels, fourteen oh eight will. Like, I can't even particularly think about fourteen oh eight when I go to stay in a hotel. Oh my god, it will fuck you right up. I have to put it out of my head. Have to put it out of my head. And speaking of putting things out of the head, I am going to say goodbye. Did you finish your list? I finished my list. I finished everything I wanted to talk about, and then we talked some more. I genuinely think this is the best we've ever managed to stay on topic since starting this show. <laughs> Do you agree, people, listeners, that one guy who listened to us <laughs> once? Hello, dude. Um... <laughs> Like, hello, Kevin. Kevin's Probably not listening not. to us. No, I know, but I think I it know. was a zero punctuation thing. Like, you should all be ashamed of yourselves, especially you, Adrian. That's probably mm. not your name, but I imagine I scared the hell out of a lot of Adrians. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, look, if we scared the hell out of you, if you're called Kevin or Adrian, let us know. Phobia, phobia podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, at Podcast Phobia. On Facebook, at Phobia Phobia. Give us a buzz. Yay. Do uh, the thing. Uh, tweety tweety. Hope you all had a wonderful Friday the 13th. If you have any equally unlucky stories on Friday the 13th, I'd also love to hear those because I'm genuinely fascinated by this superstition. Superstition is fun. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close and sing us out. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Very superstitious. <laughs> Writings on the wall. <laughs>